Hi, welcome to Lambert Park Church. Our vision is life with God for the world. Our mission is to invite everyone to follow Jesus with us through redemptive community, intentional discipleship, and everyday mission. We're so glad you're here. Stay tuned for the podcast coming right up. Well, Curtis has already tipped you off. Uh, Let me look at you. I wish I could look through the camera to see the folks online, but maybe you're not dressed for this. I may have told you before, but one of our family's unwitting arm's length claims to fame is that my father had Jeopardy's Alex Trebek as a student at Sudbury High School in Ontario. Do we not have a visual? Oh, it's there. Oh, it's just not on that screen, sorry. And later, when we moved to the suburb of Oakville, near Toronto, for a few years, my mother co-taught a sixth-grade elementary school class with a fellow named Steve Smith. His is a rather regular-sounding name, but, but he later gained some nerdish fame as the leader of Possum Lodge, Red Green. <laughs> Over the years, I've discovered that while many men appreciate the campy humor of the Red Green Show and Possum Lodge, some men simply don't get it. And why? I think it's because they're absolutely like the guys on the show. So it's too close to the bone for it to be funny. (laughs) Do you remember what Red Green's weekly tagline was? Remember, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Hmm. Well, this morning, we're going to briefly look at what I'm calling today's sermon, We're All in This Together. For the past two and a half plus years, this seems to be the phrase that has been tripping off everyone's tongues as we've coped with our grueling, ever-morphing COVID reality. But we're all in this together is also a great encouragement, especially in congregational life. Of course, you may naturally respond, actually, Daniel, look around. We're not all in this together. Many of us are still physically distanced from one another, and some of us have been carrying heavier burdens than others, financially, physically, even emotionally. Yes, we're still living in strange and challenging times, but bear with me, perhaps, just perhaps, if we rediscover the gift that God has given us in one another, our perspective of practical Godwardness will be transformed into something of unexpected grace. So as we begin, will you pray with me? Father, these dear folks here in person and online don't need to hear one word from me, but we all desperately need to hear from you. So we ask that you would teach us this morning, that you would mute anything from me that isn't from you, and that you would write large in our hearts the things that you have for us, even in the coming week ahead. Would you teach us? It's in the name of our rescuing brother Jesus that we pray. Amen. Imagine for a moment, have you ever thought... What is the ideal age for a person? Hmm? 
If you had to paint a picture or carve a sculpture, sculpture of the ideal human being, what age would she or he be? What's that pinpoint time, that optimal intersection between vigor and maturity when the combination of ability and wisdom are at their peak? Hmm? Like Olympic athletes in their various disciplines gearing up for whenever the next games will be held, when are humans, as humans, at their best? Well, what does our designer, creator God himself, say? Intriguingly, in all of scripture, unlike a lot of other philosophical and popular notions, we discover that people, folks just like us, at various places along the continuum between infancy and geezerhood, <laughs> we're valuable at every age. Each stage in life has its own glory, and glory is worth celebration and honor. Aren't you encouraged? Even a very cursory reading of the Bible highlights that in God's eyes, worth is not based on economic viability. In God's eyes, worth is not based on strength and influence. In God's eyes, worth is not earned by our good looks or savvy or connectedness or success. In God's eyes, worth is instead unexpectedly encountered. Lost folks meeting the finder. Enslaved folks meeting the rescuer. Sick folks meeting the healer. Oppressed folks meeting the liberator. I love David's psalm of praise in Psalm 145, and he reminds us in verse 4, one generation will commend your works to another, they will tell of your mighty acts. One generation will commend your works to another. This is what worship and family life looks like. It's a conversation among real people that gets expressed in mutual giving thanks to God. Things like, Remember the Easter sunrise service? Mm. Remember how God used Simon's leadership and creativity to craft a wide variety of worship teams? Remember the way that God met us in all sorts of virtual and in-person gatherings over the past year? Remember how God even met us through grief and loss? In fact, did you know Psalm 145 is what's called an acrostic poem, each cadence intentionally beginning with a succeeding letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, something like A is for absolute joy, B is for bottomless praise, C is for God's crazy wonderful love, D is for day after day recollection. It's a rhyming scheme that's meant to embed the remembrance of God's goodness into the family of his people. Oh, dear friends, I encourage you, read, mull over, even memorize, commit Psalm 145 to your own family's memory and in our own congregational memory too. But now, briefly turn with me to the Old Testament book of the prophet Joel. Hmm, what a shift. <laughs> You'll find it right after the prophets Daniel, 
Hmm, something about that name. The prophets Daniel and Hosea, and just before, Amos and Obadiah. You may well ask, what in the world does Joel, sometimes called the prophet of desolation, have to do with Psalm 145 and our own family life together in late August 2022 and anticipating a fall season ahead during a continual time, we're not done yet, of upheaval and unknowns upon unknowns? Well, let's see. I love it. Joel chapter 1 opens with a bang. Listen up, you elders. Listen up, all of you, young and old, wherever you may be in the land. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Has anything like this ever happened before? Ever? Sound like a coronavirus? Hmm? Make sure that you tell your children and that your children tell their children. Don't let this message die out. What the chewing locust left, the gobbling locust ate. What the gobbling locust left, the munching locust ate. What the munching locust left, the chomping locust ate. Sounds almost like the start of a dark Dr. Seuss tale, doesn't it? Or as if Tim Burton, the master of dark holographic cinema, had gotten hold of Joel's prophecy. But what is Joel saying as his prophetic message begins? Older folks, tell the cautionary tale of calamity to the younger ones. Don't let them forget it, lest it be revisited on them again. The modern Jewish community understands this. They and we dare not forget the horrors and lessons of the Holocaust, lest, lest another Hitler arise with his poison, another generation succumb to evil's similar ravages. But what does this have to do with our own family life here in Victoria? After all, we don't have many locust-eating pictures in Lambert's family photo album. It's this. Older folks, remember... Remember the cautionary tales of the minefields where we lost faith. And remind the younger folks where we would be apart from the grace of God. Hmm? Again? Older folks, remember the cautionary tales of the minefields where we lost faith. And remind the old, younger folks where we would be apart from the grace of God. Remember and remind Again, we recall those ancient but familiar words from Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Shema Yisrael. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you this day are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Impress them, not just incidentally mention them. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Or in our present 2022 context, when you're surfing the net and attending Zoom calls. Remind your children when you're filling out income tax forms and trying to figure out which groceries are absolutely necessary and where to get them at the best price. Recall again Psalm 145, one generation will commend your works to another. 
This commending is not a one-way street, only from old to young. And thanks be to God, we're not stuck in an endless rhythm of regret. Go down a little further, and this is a few centuries later than David's penning of Psalm 145, to Joel chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. This is God's message. It's not too late. Come back to me and really mean it. Come fasting and weeping, genuinely sorry for your sins. Change your life, not just your clothes. Come back to God, your God. And here's why, Joel continues. God is kind and merciful. He takes a deep breath and puts up with a lot. This most patient God, extravagant in love, always ready to cancel catastrophe. Who knows? Maybe he'll do it now. Maybe he'll turn around and show pity. Maybe when all's said and done, there will be blessings, full and robust for your God. Blow the trumpets. Declare a day of repentance, a fast day. Call a public meeting. Get everyone there. Consecrate the congregation. And here's something to note, especially Joel 2, chapter 2, verse 16. Make sure the elders come, but... Bring in the children too, even the nursing babies. Even men and women on their honeymoon, interrupt them and get them there. (laughs) Do you see, congregational godwardness isn't just for keeners. And it's not meant to be a top-down imposition from the old onto the backs of the young. No, no, we all need a heart transplant. We all need to receive God's mercy. We all need to experience mercy in the company of one another. But Joel's not done. Look at chapter 2, beginning at verse 25, and the encouragement from God himself. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the gobbling locusts, the munching locusts, the chomping locusts, You will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. One of the pitfalls of increasing age is that one is prone to only look back, either wistfully to a happier time or regretfully to a series of failures. And this, this is where the conversation of worship and congregational family life takes on an added wonderful dimension. The exuberance and the promise of youth. Not just what's happened, but what's happening next. Sometime, I encourage you to listen, really listen to our young people, young adults here at Lambrick. Really listen. You won't hear them whining about how life was better when former music stars ruled the music scene. (laughs) You won't hear them moaning about last term's failed math exam. (laughs) You will hear their parents. (laughs) Generally, you won't even hear a lot of cynicism. Tried that, didn't work, life stinks. No, no, what you will hear is a lot of excited, what if, and Wouldn't it be great if, and why don't we try? Hmm. 
You know, God has planted a powerful energy within this very church family called Lambrick. If we will let them, our young people, even small children, can jumpstart us old geezers into new possibilities about what God is about to do next. All of us together. So how does Joel continue in chapter 2, verse 28? And that's just the beginning. After that, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Fresh vision, fresh perspective, fresh life. And all because of what God wants to do in us through his empowering Holy Spirit. Old folks and young folks, men and women and children and babies, all of us are part of what God is wanting to craft here at Lambrick. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Aren't you glad? Let's face it, old folks get tired in more ways than one. <laughs> and you dear ones need younger folks to energetically encourage you and to come alongside you even in practical ways, perhaps even especially in the still present COVID reality. Young folks, with all of your wonderful energy and zeal, you sometimes need tempering. Hmm? And you would do well to draw deep from the well of wisdom in the old souls in our midst. Why? To avoid foolish mistakes that you don't have to make and to be encouraged with God's faithfulness over the long haul. Both of these, young folks to older folks, older folks to younger folks, can be quite invigorating and encouraging and perspective broadening. And in case you think this is just my vision of a, a, an ideal church, I invite you to do some homework this afternoon or in a quiet place sometime in the week ahead. Look at Paul's letter, first letter to Timothy, chapter 5, or his letter to the folks in Ephesus, chapter 4. First Timothy, chapter 5, or Ephesus, chapter 4. Look at it and see what God has in mind for us, and not just past tense. Okay, here's the interactive exercise. Give me a show of hands. How many of you are here in Victoria this morning or perhaps elsewhere, online, without grandparents or even parents who are still alive? How many of you don't have parents or grandparents that are still alive? Keep your hands up. How many of you have children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews and other family who live out of town? Mm, there's a swell. Keep them up, keep them up. How many of you are with us here this morning, either in person or virtually online, and even though your nuclear family is intact, that is, you all live under the same roof, for one reason or another, not all of you would call Lambert Park Church home? Hmm? Very interesting. Look around. Look around. Let me encourage you. You can put your hands down. The, the exam is over. <laughs> Let me encourage you and be encouraged by the very counsel of God himself. This together but partially isolated con congregation 
just might be one of God's very best gifts to you. Yet a gift that is still mostly wrapped up. A resource that's still untapped in our life together. One generation will commend your works to another. Perhaps we need a fresh and creative vision from God about what family life could really look like at Lambrick. So again, I ask us, what's the ideal age for followers of Jesus? Infancy? Adolescence? Virile manhood? Vigorous womanhood? Menopause? Retirement? Increasing decrepitude? The answer is yes. Yes, we can follow Jesus and proclaim his praises at every age, at every stage of life, and we must celebrate it together as a family. Proverbs 16, verse 31, tells us that gray hair is a mark of distinction, the award for a God-loyal life. I'm not sure what this means for some of the follically challenged members of the church family. <clears throat> Doesn't say anything about pink. <laughs> But remember that Jesus also has a special love for children and even infants. Recall Luke's Luke's gospel, chapter 18, verse 15. People brought babies to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. When the disciples saw it, they shooed them off, but Jesus called them back. Let the children alone. Don't get between them and me. These children are the kingdom's pride and joy. Mark this. Unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Hmm. So let's start experimenting, shall we? Let's continue to explore what family life could look like here at Lambrick and what the, the Holy Spirit wants to craft in us, real people, warts and all. Let's not succumb to that all too easy default of We've never done it that way before. Those are the seven last words of the church. Did you know that? We've never done it that way before. Instead, let's find practical, creative ways of honoring one another across generations, even during hopefully waning physical distancing. And let's be candid and practical with one another. What are some new ways that we can that we can be physically, emotionally, and spiritually helpful to one another, even if perhaps at a safe quarantine distance to keep others safe, groceries, outdoor chores, unexpected wee gifts. Hmm. How could we learn to transparently ask for help from others when most of us have been drilled for years with the mantra of being helpful? yet feeling quite awkward about requesting help. What new lessons of grace and vulnerability might we be learning now? And how could these learned lessons change our own congregational life moving forward? If the prophet Joel's locusts seem to be eating everything that seems most precious to you, and us together as a hybrid version of in-person and virtual congregation, how can we encourage one another about God's continuing, continuing care now? You remember Scott's sermon on thankfulness just last week? 
I invite you to revisit it if you need to be reminded. How can we spark one another about the blessings that are on the horizon ahead? If it sparks you forward, did you know that the Apostle Paul did some of his very best work, not some work, best work, while being in literal lockdown quarantine, in squalid Roman prisons or house arrest over many months? And yet we, we now have the benefit of his God-inspired wisdom and camaraderie in many of his New Testament letters. Our God is a busting out God, not a God of fear or diminishment or hand-wringing. He's big, as Scott reminded us just earlier. He's big, and go figure, he loves the likes of you and me. So together, let's celebrate God's rescuing mercy. Let's find ways of being his rescued family together in ever-changing times. Amen? Uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you that as powerful and majestic as you are, you encourage us to call you Father, Abba, Papa, Daddy. Thank you that you have not rescued us to be lone hermits, but rather for family life in your kingdom. Thank you that you have created and rescued us to enjoy the company of you and one another. And Father, you have given us voices from the gurgles of infants to the croaks of old men, specifically to praise you. And so we delight in you this day, and we praise you for who you are, for what you've done. Father, Abba, rescue, revel in the praises of your Lambrick family, your God with us family, this morning. And help us to find creative ways of expressing our family dependence on you in the days ahead. Along with our delight in family, help us to come alongside one another and to care for the hurting and the discouraged and those who all too easily fall through the cracks because these two are your children and our rescued by Jesus kinfolk. We pray all these things in the name of our rescuer, our brother, Jesus. Amen.